0: Good morning. McCarthy is elected Speaker of the 118th Congress after 15 ballots. Protests across the nation mark two years since supporters of former President Donald Trump crashed the White House to overturn the election. We look at the state of American democracy. With these and other stories, I'm Paul D'Arienzo with the news for Saturday morning, January 7th, 2023. Republican Kevin McCarthy was elected House Speaker on a post-midnight 15th ballot early Saturday.
1: The tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 428, of which the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received 216.
0: Republicans roared in celebration when his victory was announced, chanting USA, USA. With the Speaker elected, McCarthy took the oath of office, and the House was finally able to swear in newly elected lawmakers. He was handed the gavel by House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York, who had been the Republicans' chief opponent and who garnered every Democratic vote, even as Republicans wavered back and forth.
2: That was easy, huh? I never thought we'd get up here. Thank you, Minority Leader. Jeffries, Hakeem, I've got to warn you, two years ago, I got 100 percent of the vote from my conference.
0: During the 14th ballot, it appeared violence was barely averted between McCarthy supporters and his chief GOP opponents, Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert. The tally was 216 to 212, with Democrats voting for leader Hakeem Jeffries and six Republican holdouts to McCarthy simply voting present. It was a fight that hasn't been seen in 100 years and reminiscent of the bitter struggles in the years leading to the Civil War. McCarthy has promised investigations of the Biden administration, but his support of former President Donald Trump's policies were seen as weak. Gates and Boebert were major Trump supporters, although Trump himself endorsed McCarthy. Friday was the second anniversary of the invasion of the Capitol by supporters of then-President Donald Trump, who had refused to accept his loss in a November election. State Senator Brad Hoylman marked the day by introducing the Riot Act, or Restrict Insurrectionists from Office Taking, a law prohibiting insurrectionists from serving in civil office in New York State. 47 New Yorkers are among hundreds arrested for entering the Capitol and trying to prevent Congress from the ritual counting of the electoral votes for president. Five people died during the assault. Protesters with the group Rise and Resist held rallies throughout the city and across the nation. In New York, activists had rented an indictmobile, a video screen-carrying truck that stopped at intersections around the city displaying videos from the Capitol invasion. A group gathered on the steps of the library at Fifth Avenue.
2: Rise and resist! Rise and resist! Rise and resist! Rise, and resist. Don't, don't Rise and, resist. and resist!
0: Activist Jonathan Walker described the video truck and had a message for the former president.
2: So, this is a, re- a projection truck, a film that we produ- made and produced and made, Rise and Resist. It projects on four sides of the truck. And it it says indict Steve Bannon with a gigantic picture of Steve Bannon. That is correct. Roger Stone. Roger Stone, Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani, Donald J. Trump. It also has removed representatives from office who enabled and abetted the coup attempt, such as Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy, Paul Gossar. There's a whole list of people. We also call out the 14th Amendment on it, saying none of them are fit for office or qualified. Because they enabled and abetted and gave comfort to an insurrection. It was planned all prior. He knew the people were armed and he knew there would be a, an insurrection. He should go to jail. He should go to jail. Why all the there are all these lower level people going to jail? It's about time he did.
0: Protesters waved signs and repeated one word, indict. A sentiment echoed by a young protester named Freddie. Today's the second year anniversary of Donald Trump and co-conspirators really worked to rig an election, overturn an election, so I think it's important to have these rallies. Yeah, I mean it's definitely, it's concerning, and I think it's important that we hold these people accountable, and like one of the things that they're doing is like trying to gut the uh, Congressional Office of Ethics, so it's important that we stand up and, for one, protect that, and also just hold them accountable. Meanwhile, many spent the day weighing the meaning and long-term effects of the invasion. Some are calling an attempted coup and a direct assault on democracy by racist and authoritarian forces. Last month, the January 6th Select Committee to Investigate the Attack on the Capitol released an 800-page report recommending the Justice Department pursue criminal charges against Trump for his role in the attack. The committee report contains a mountain of evidence highlighting Trump's role in egging on his supporters. During a speech shortly before the insurrection, Trump incited a crowd of thousands to march on the Capitol.
2: Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated.
0: Then the president apparently targeted his own vice president.
2: And Mike Pence is going to have to come through
0: for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a a sad day for our
2: country. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down, anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol.
0: Mike Pence refused to use his ceremonial role to proclaim Trump president, despite his loss. Trump's threat reverberated in the crowd that breached the Capitol, where they erected a scaffold and hung an effigy of the vice president. And Trump aide Cassidy Hutchinson described another unsettling incident. She claims Trump got in a shoving match with the Secret Service when an agent refused to drive him to the Capitol.
3: We're not. We don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, Sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Ronaldo had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles.
0: Former Trump aide Cassidy Hutchinson. As of this week, 850 people have been charged in the January 6th Capitol riot. Another 350 suspects are on the FBI's list of wanted offenders. Almost 4,000 separate counts have been alleged, 480 defendants have pleaded guilty, 118 to felonies, and 50 have been convicted at trial, one person was acquitted. A retired NYPD officer, Thomas Webster, got the longest sentence, 10 years for attacking a police officer. In related trials, members of the Proud Boys, a militia group close to Trump, were convicted of sedition for their part in the invasion. An expert on United States and European extremist movements is Heidi Beirich. She says the motive for the January 6th insurrection was simple, white supremacy and a fear of replacement.
1: What's interesting about what's happening in Congress is you just got 20 people with these radical beliefs holding up the process of electing a speaker.
0: They must be Giddy with happiness, the left never could do this. And and I'm thinking going back over 100 years, because I was looking into, you know, this is also the anniversary 100 years of the Palmer raids in uh, the 1923, and how Eugene V. Debs was arrested and imprisoned for 10 years, eventually released for speaking out against the war. In other words, we never had the power, we being the people on the progressive movements and progressive side of things in this society, never had the power that these 20 people are showing right now.
1: There's no question. And and I don't really see how they settle this without giving these very extreme figures incredible concessions, unless there's some other solution that just hasn't appeared to me. Really, what this is, is that there's been a long march through the institutions of the far right to the point where they have a stranglehold on the republican party in congress they've radicalized parts of the electorate they've created dangerous movements like stop the steal you know 2022 was probably the closest we came to having people elected to office whose total goal was to rig the next upcoming election that's an extraordinary thing
0: what is it in the american character that's being laid bare here in your opinion
1: for a long time we've maybe fooled ourselves about how much white supremacy and anti-government sentiment was out there, this conception that it was all on the fringes and it would never threaten our democratic system. You know, Trump is a key figure here. He sort of, you know, unleashed the hordes by normalizing racism and conspiracies and so on. But what he did was activate people who had these latent sensibilities. And so I think we're sort of fooling ourselves if we think that we're not going to have problems with extremism, you know, for quite some time. And this isn't a problem that you can just ignore, because when you do that, you end up with something
0: like January 6th. What do you mean by we cannot ignore?
1: We have to take seriously phenomenon of extremism. We have to have programs to help people de-radicalize or not get radicalized. We need to make sure that police forces and the military don't harbor these individuals in them. We need civic education so people understand the importance of democracy. And we come back to the boogeyman I'm always bringing up, which is social media needs to clean up its act because that's where this stuff is proliferating. Thankfully, in the last round of elections, the American people didn't choose to put election deniers in office in battleground states where they could rig the elections. But we have to watch very carefully for that. We need to protect the vote. These are all elements of a strategy to make sure that we keep our democracy.
0: The Nazi party and Hitler had maybe 30%, 40% of the members of Congress, yet they were able, their Congress, and they were able to uh, catapult this, the most extreme person in German history into the chancellorship. Is it possible that a minority could have that power?
1: That analysis is something that sits in the back of the minds of everybody who looks at extremism. You worry just how much it would take for a situation like in Germany to occur. And I think we came very, very close in 2022. Although these election deniers lost in places like Pennsylvania and Arizona, they didn't lose by, you know, huge margin. This threat remains there, remains bubbling. Trump gets traction on the lead up to 2024. He could lead a resurgence. We have to be really, really careful that we don't go down a rope like Germany did.
0: What's driving this?
1: At the base of this, in the United States and in other countries where far-right populism has been rising, is really demographic change. As the country is getting more diverse, there are people who are uncomfortable with this. When you have someone like a Trump who you know calls Mexicans rapists and wants to ban Muslims from the country, basically he's pulling on those threads and normalizing them. We're in a bumpy ride, as are most countries going through similar experiences, particularly in Europe and Canada, as far-right populism surges, maybe recedes a little, but it's all being propelled by the same demographic transformation that we're all experiencing.
0: Heidi Beirich is an expert on United States and European extremist movements. Another take on the Capitol Insurrection is from forensic psychiatrist doctor Bandy Lee. She edited The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, thirty-seven psychiatrists and mental health experts assess a president. The book was criticized by some as violating the so called Goldwater rule, named after a nineteen sixty four GOP presidential candidate Barry Goldwater, who was said to be too unstable to become president. The rule supposedly banned mental health experts from speculating on people who hadn't been personally examined by a professional, but Lee says the rule was never binding and was unnecessary.
4: There was no doubt in anybody's mind I consulted in the beginning. They were only concerned about what the ramifications that could potentially come from speaking up against a litigious president or a president who would very easily and rapidly recruit violent supporters. And that's the only thing my colleagues feared, not that they would be negating some ethical guideline that came up afterward, probably because the people in power knew that our speaking up would have an effect, that we mm-hmm. would be speaking the truth. The only people who did that were the people in power positions at the American Psychiatric Association, most notably a past. President of the APA, Jeffrey Lieberman. He has been removed from his position at Columbia University for doing other things, for racist and sexist comments.
0: The implication of what you're saying is that, and I'm not surprised by this, Trump sort of was a magnet to other people of similar narcissistic intentions.
4: Yes, absolutely. To individuals who are destructive and aggressive to others to start. Sexism and racism are forms of that mindset.
0: I have my own opinions, right? And I know that's well, that.
4: People could see that something was wrong. And, yeah. and when we first spoke up, people were relieved that we were giving words to what they were seeing. But yes. then the rhetoric and confusion and disinformation came out.
0: What did we see in Trump that we should look out for in the future? I see some of the same behaviors when I see, for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene. The look on her face during those votes. Matt Gates, whose people seem to have forgotten, is under investigation for human trafficking. What should we look out for and what do you see on the horizon?
4: By not setting limits on such individuals, not containing them, has given the message to other would-be criminal mindsets. The thing to do is to be more aggressive and more criminal and more violent so that people will not set limits on you. If you are a petty criminal, you may get caught, but if you are a monster criminal, then you will get away with it. That's the message they've been getting. I've been working with violent offenders for 25 years now in jails and prisons, and that is usually the message they get if they are not contained. Now we have done it to the ultimate position of power, the President of the United States. Now they will be acting in ways that we have never seen before in the country's history, at small and large scale.
0: Is that what we're seeing in the House, in your opinion? Yes,
4: exactly, exactly. We've been seeing it continuously and continuing to augment over the course of the last Mm -hmm. two years, especially, because those who have acted violently, especially the mastermind of all the, the insurrection and violence, which would have had no end if he had it his way, If it weren't for a few brave individuals, he would have instituted martial law. He would have overturned the Constitution. We don't know where it would have ended up.
0: What's the goal of a person who's a malignant narcissist? Where's the end game of all this energy they expend?
4: Well, malignant narcissism, it's been thrown about, but it's not a fully defined phrase, which is probably to its benefit. You're usually talking about sociopathy or psychopathy. That is an ex version of narcissism. In other words, there's pathological narcissism, which is narcissistic personality disorder, and then there's extreme narcissism to the point where it turns into another whole other condition. With that condition, you basically have no conscience. Everyone in everyday life, we imagine that if you are a human being, you will have empathy, and you will have human emotions, and therefore a conscience that you would be driven to protect life, not harm life. This is a case where it's the opposite. You can't feel any of the ordinary human emotions, outsiders of love. You believe that human beings are all capable of and a product of love, but these individuals are not capable of it and not capable of protecting human life, but in fact is vengeful, hateful, and out to harm life. You can see how the public was misled and how it led to our calamity and not just the violent insurrection and the chaos we are seeing in politics, the destructiveness we are seeing in government, but also the over million Americans who died all could have been prevented if we understood the mental impairments in this uh, in this former president.
0: How many millions would be enough with somebody with his problem if they if it came to that?
4: None, because if you allowed his mental pathology to take its full course, it would be the destruction of the world and then ultimately himself also.
0: In February, Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman, chair of the Columbia University Department of Psychiatry, was suspended for sexist remarks. He was one of the most outspoken defenders of the Goldwater Rule. And Trump has recently been the subject of the F-word, once virtually banned from American political discourse, more than ever, folks are referring to the former president as a fascist in the mold of German dictator Adolf Hitler and his partner in crime, Italian dictator Benito Mussolini, among others. Paul Street is a Marxist writer. His book is This Happened Here, Americaners, Neoliberalism, and the Trumping of America. He says two years ago, Trump did exactly what many suspected he would do, attempt a coup if he lost the election.
5: Essentially on January 6th, as many of us warned uh, long before, 2021, Trump did, in fact, do what many of us thought he would do, which was attempt literally to overthrow previously normative, imperfect, bourgeois, constitutional, electoral democracy and rule of law. It was a coup. It was a coup attempt. People should read the January 6th report. It's sort of all there. It's documented in a very systematic kind of way, in a very legal kind of way. It's almost overkill, just one piece of evidence after another about an attempted overthrow of the government that centered around Trump. Now Trump had people around him that were part of this. The lawyer Eastman plays a really, really critical role in trying to create a so-called constitutional path to Trump staying in office, Leani, Trump advisor Roger Stone, that lunatic lawyer, fascist lawyer, Sidney Powell. There's a whole bunch of people around him. Certainly Michael Flynn, Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. There were some key high level players who really were attempting to overthrow what we call democracy in this country. That's happened, and that's not just individual psychosis or narcissism. That's a kind of neo-fascist authoritarianism that was written into Trumpism from the very beginning, from the outset. This is what he was going to do. This is what we, many of us who identified this political disease, this political pathology and the movement that it was part of, there was something that had been building in the republican party for years when you really want to get down to it white this is what someone that's gone down that path does trump didn't even promise to honor the outcome of the 2016 election he praised dictators he clearly from the outset wasn't trying to do the normal thing presidents do to stay in office which was advanced policies he was willing to just brazenly try and shove authoritarianism down people's throats. I think he made it very clear. Timothy Snyder, the liberal historian, was interviewed on Salon in April of 2017. He is going to attempt to have a coup. He's not being a normal president. A year before that, Adam Gopnik, just a liberal, not a Marxist writer like me, a liberal writer at the New Yorker, Adam Gopnik published a piece called Going There with Donald Trump. And he just broke out about five different ways in which Trump was a fascist, malignant narcissist, no doubt. I mean, Adolf Hitler was a malignant narcissist. I suspect Mussolini was a malignant narcissist. You know, I suspect Orban and Bolsonaro and Augusto Pinochet and a whole host of these people. That's sort
0: of part of Stalin, probably. Who knows? Good and evil is sort of an idealistic approach to like looking at things you would sure. think the world is a more complex place than that. But from the psychological point of view, it's good or evil are the choices you make.
5: There's an interesting book, and the guy's actually sort of a Christian theologian, but he's brilliant, named M. Scott Peck, People of the Lie. He does make a case for evil, and insofar as there is evil in the world, people like Trump, for whom everything's power, everything's power, there are no other considerations. But, I mean, remember when he said, I don't know who QAnon is, but they seem to like me? Anybody who likes him. On January 6th, he goes, take down the metal detectors. The guys with the AR-15s don't want to hurt me. They like me. They love me. Everything is about the power of the individual. That is not inconsistent with fascism. If you actually look at Hitler and the original classic fascism, there is a glorification of the self of the individual. They are considered to be the hierarchy of the social Darwinian advance of the superior people. Fascism is capitalist, it's just with a jackboot on the neck of the people instead of elections.
0: Connected to what's happening right now, what we're seeing happen in the House, we're seeing a number of them, 20 of them, were able to stop business for days and and to shake, really, the established party to to its foundation. Even Trump took McCarthy's side and they're going against him I've watched a lot of documentaries about how Hitler came to power and we know that he came to power with a minority in a minority government yeah
5: with the audacity to do so and these sorts of people kind of play off the disbelief of many of the, of the more normal and apolitical people that this is actually happening. They can't quite process it. He said it. I mean, he, he couldn't have said it any more clearly. He praised dictators. I, then he'd say later he was joking, but he wasn't really. I wish they'd all stand up and applaud for me like they do for the, the head of China, for the head of
0: North Korea. He meant that. That wasn't a joke. Paul Street is a Marxist writer. His book is This Happened Here, Americaners, Neoliberalism, and the Trumping of America. And that's the news for Saturday morning, January 7th, 2023. The news was produced by this reporter. The news can be heard at pauldurienzo.com. From New York City, I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.